journalist, not a terrorist. I know what's right. The First Amendment tight. With the Lafayette Square, cause Trump don't care. Kids out of the cages and increase our wages. Welcome back to Nehern America. We have a, a very special guest. One of the issues in Hollywood has been lack of diversity in front of the camera and also behind it. Well, one of the answers to that, I think, is young producers like this man. He's one of the better producers out there. He's a member of the Producers Guild of America. He's worked on so many different shows and, and been a part of so many writing programs, giving it back. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Jason Nieves. I'm excited to be here. Well, you're uh, pr- you're you a know. producer, so I gotta I gotta kind of be extra nice to you. I'm a little terrified right now because it <laughs> could mean the difference between a job or no job for me. So I'm gonna treat you with respect. Yes, yes. But yeah, for everyone out there in Radio Land, this producer got his first uh, gig in LA through Mr. Nahara, so we oh. gotta give him props for that. Thank yeah. you, thank you very much. And I know you know you've always been there as a writer and a producer. What was that scraping in the background? Her scraping. Oh, that is, oh, that is um, Hollywood, California. Okay, that it's is Hollywood, some, California. That is some craziness going on outside. Wow, we're living in crazy times right now. I mean, it is. Uh, that's what's happening. So that's Hollywood, California, yeah. outside your door right now. Wow. So that is literally Hollywood, California, outside my door right uh, now. Yeah. Literally. Well, I'm I'm on the other side. I'm in Encino, where all the boring people live. So yeah. you, you live in Hollywood. So, yeah. so tell me, you've been we were working with the Producers Guild of America, and you've been working on the mm-hmm. issue of diversity. Can you tell us a little something about that? Oh, sure. Um, well, I'm a member of the Producers Guild of America, which I think every writer, uh, when he has an opportunity to join the producer, when he has a when he has the opportunity to join the Producers Guild, he should, um, because at the end of the day, if you're not if you're not creating, you're waiting. And I think Latinos, especially when we're so underrepresented in this town, we want to put ourselves in positions of power. Uh, if we can put ourselves in a place where we can employ ourselves and others, then we will change the face of representation. The much needed change that is uh, that needs to happen. Uh, currently, there was an article talking about how representation as in regards to people of color is getting better, but at the same time, too, it is not getting better for Latinos. So I find it uh, imperative that every Latino, uh, whether you be a writer or an actor, you should also think about producing. I've been a producer, writer, (laughs) director. Basically, if there's a buck in it, so am I, because that's the survival mentality you have to have in Hollywood. Uh, we're, it is. Because a lot of times Latinos, you know, as writers, when we get on shows, and especially if they're Latino-based shows, our pay is not the same as other writers. A lot of times the shows that are, that are getting on the Hulus or, or the other networks, they're called new medium. They're, they're, on, they're on the web. So the pay is a different pay than, say, broadcast. But those, those are the actual what's going on with us. We have to, you know, I, I remember just working with Danny Trejo that I never saw him turn, turn down a job. And he couldn't. He had to constantly keep working. Are you finding that it's the same with you? Yeah. Uh, I, well, you know, the only time I will turn down a job is if a I feel I'm being undervalued or or they want me to contribute to a negative stereotype of Latinos. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, uh, not think, actually, when I go a lot of times into meetings and they say to me, 
Jason, we want you to develop a project for the Latino audience. I say fine, but first, no. If I feel like there's anything that's going to be detrimental to my people, I will not progress with this project. And there have been times I've walked away where I felt like this, my, my contribution, my contributions to this are not being listened to and or I feel I don't like the direction where this is going. Yeah, that's, um, that's why I turned down Narco Kindergarten Cop. I, I, I <laughs> refuse to write yeah. that one. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's a lot of times I've had to do the same thing or, or you're the one in the room saying, really, you know, there's other Latinos besides narco number two and Gardner number four. I mean, there's we're doctors, we're lawyers, we're every part of the, the, the fabric of this country. I mean, that's what I would like to see, a, a, a television that's full of color, you know, because that's that's really the world we live in. If you look at what's on, on television, a lot of times what you see in the media, it's really not that represents the real world. Uh, that's, to me, surprising how... From going from Desi Arnaz uh, and, you know, pioneers and producers like that to, to seeing such work, where, even though we're so much more the population, we're, we've seen so little of us on, on camera. Yeah, it, there's, a, there's a huge, you know, uh, discrepancy there that, you know, that Latinos are, are in every facet of the American uh, of American life, and yet somehow we're not being represented. I, you know, you mentioned Desi. Desi, I think for a lot of Latinos, was a role model. But we're talking about a man coming up in the, in the, you know, in the forties, fifties, and sixties, and yeah. he owned his own studio. The fact that, and it, I think it's sad that in some way Latin representation has lessened, you know, regressed, regressed on TV. I think the studios value our. I think sometimes the irony is the studios value our dollar, but they don't always value us. And I think the first thing that they need to do is to not only, you know, create projects with us. I, uh, you know, there's an expression, uh, nothing about us with nothing, nothing about us without us. And I agree with that. I think every time you want to do a Latino project and cater to that and cater to that demo, we should be involved. And two, uh, I think there also has to be a level of humility. Uh, I think some of the best experiences I've had is when I've gone into a room and there's a white guy and he's literally said to me, I don't know anything about Latinos. This is why I brought you in here and I, and I, and I want to value your opinion. And I think those projects have been some of the more successful ones in there because that person was coming from a place of, 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 of truth and honesty and saying, you know, Jason, we brought you in here. Mm-hmm. Because you know we value this, we value this demo, but at the same time we don't know how to cater to them. Can you, can you help us? Yeah, and also profoundly listen to you. There's a difference. Is bringing someone on and going, listen. Do Puerto Ricans have black beans or pinto? Which one is it? And they they bring you out there <laughs> right. and go. I believe uh, Dr. Jason Nieves will be speaking on this. It is black beans, mm-hmm. and Mexicans have pintos. <laughs> This. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Get back back in your dressing room. Yeah, no, you, you really want to be you. We're storytellers. People are naturally storytellers, and and Latinos have such great stories to tell. Um, I'm proud of a lot of the work that I've done has been Latino in nature and for people of color, mm-hmm. from shows like In Living Color to Mad TV to you know East Los High. Constantly, just I love the fact you know Carl Reiner said it best: write what you know. And 
if it's mm-hmm. if it's saying to you, hey, produce what you know, there's no accident that if you look at medical dramas on TV, mo- a lot of the staff are actually doctors or were doctors or were part of the medical profession. It's not an accident when you see uh, a movie that there's a military advisor on when it's about the military. So those mm-hmm. why can't it be the same for for Latinos? And it's not to say that's all we do or all we know. But when Desi Arnaz wrote about a Latino man married to a white woman. It really resonated. And today, on any single network or, or any single ch- uh, channel around the world, you'll, they're playing I Love Lucy. So I think it's a, about veritas and truth is what is is what an audience naturally feels. It's like working on A Living Color, you know, Keenan Ivory Wayans and his family were so involved and, and you, you couldn't get anything without him approving it. And I tell you, it was great because... He was one of the first first people that told me, you know, study my culture. It was very important, study my culture. Yeah. So you have to. So that's not saying that a white guy can't write it or a Latino or black or whatever. It just happens to be that when that truth is, is in the room, it it works. And that's what audiences yeah. are sensing. No, I, you're 100% right. I think one of the problems with when a television show premieres and it has Latinos, I think we do show up. I think we show up for that pilot. We show up for episode one. But if we do not feel that authenticity, then we will not be showing up for, for episode two. It is important right now to, to, to cast it correctly, but I think it's sometimes even more important than that. I think Latinos know what grandma's real tacos are versus you're trying to sell me, you know, this, this angle version, this Taco Bell. We, we can sense that. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast, the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I don't know about you. I've never had an Inchirito at home ever served to me. It's a, it's a Taco Bell thing. The, no chalupas? No. No chalupas. My, my grandmother didn't go, Mijo, here's an inchorito. It's, I found it at Taco Bell, finally. I mean, no, no one no one did that. And don't get me wrong. There's plenty of people actually come yeah. from Mexico who love Taco Bell. <laughs> they just love it. Because yeah. of them, it's exotic food. Yeah. They're like, what is this? You know, But you're, no, no, like, you're right. You're, you're kind of... <laughs> Yeah, please, senor, I want a Doritos taco. I want a Doritos taco right now. It's yeah. just like nobody used to make. Oh, yeah, you know? look look at the innovation. Yeah. You know, we, for years in Mexico, we never thought a Dorito could be a taco shell. <laughs> wow. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Gonzalez. Your your work and pioneer work in foodology is is, a, is is seen around the world. But you're pitching, I know, a lot of shows in, in town, and that's one of the reasons I wanted John here, basically to beg for a job. But other than that... <laughs> Would you be looking for a writer such as me to work on your projects? Yes, I definitely have you in mind. Bo, did you record a, that? A project. Okay. Bo, did I, you? I'm currently okay. De- good. Uh, I'm currently developing a bunch of TV series. For those people who don't know what development is, development is when a uh, is when a network or a studio hires you based on an idea that whether they have or you have that they like and that they want to go through the process of possibly bringing it to television. Mm-hmm. Now, all these projects that I'm working on currently, uh, and coincidentally, are all sort of Latino-themed projects. Now, prior to uh, COVID, prior to COVID yeah. and I think, 
yeah, prior to COVID. And I think Hollywood has changed not only because of COVID, but also because of the demand for diversity. I think a lot of people were, I would say, arrogant in the old ways of saying that we don't need to cater to this demo. We don't need to cater to that demo. And then when things shut down and now people are at home and people of, of all colors, especially they're watching more television now, they're like, all right, this is ridiculous. I've seen 20 shows and I haven't seen one damn Latino yet. So in a weird way, I think COVID has increased the need for diversity because I think people are like, honestly, I think people are, are frustrated. I'm giving you my money and I never get to see myself. So, and, and I see studios now making efforts to increase diversity, which for years, producers of color said things need to happen on a studio level to increase representation. And they would say things like, well, we can't force people's hands. And, you know, we don't, you know, we want to, we want to adhere to people's visions. But the irony is those people's hands and those people's visions, a lot of times were not people of color. So the studio eventually, I think, caught on and said, no, we need to make a change. And we especially need to make a change in this pandemic, especially if we're going to come out of it, because they've realized that diversity equals dollars. I think we've all known that. I mean, it's like as a, everything starting in my career, I was a playwright. And I realized early on, if you really want your play to be successful, you have to cater to a female audience. And some people are surprised I said that. And they're like, well, what does that mean? I go, well, to tell you the truth, I know, and, and I think a lot of statistics will back me, it's mostly women that plan out the, the man's uh, weekend. They go, honey, we're going to go see that new play. Or, honey, we're going to go do this. And most men, me included, go, yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. I'll go. And that's how it's chosen. You know, they're they're making the decisions on where they're spending the money. And as as men, as you know, we tend to go along with it. So I was always told early on as a playwright, make sure women truly are represented and you have those characters in there. And we have that power and ability as a writer. It's, you know, a producer tells me, you know, I remember writing one sketch and I put uh, there was on a, a plane. And all of a sudden I came to the studio and there was a plane, half like a half of the a plane there. And they were shooting in it. And I was like, wow, I did that. I just wrote simply interior plane. <laughs> so so you, you realize <laughs> as a writer that, that's powerful. And they didn't even use the sketch. They actually cut it from the show. And I was I was racked <laughs> with guilt that they had paid all this money. And they're like, no, that happens all the time. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But it, it is true. We have that power as writers to simply say a family – uh, you know, Shonda Rhimes, who I'm a big fan of, she'll, she doesn't necessarily put the ethnicity of the character. She doesn't say an Asian doctor. Mm-hmm. She'll just say a doctor, you know. And, of course, casting people have are, tend to be mostly, you know, we'll, we'll look at the trend and go, okay, the doctor means Asian. But a lot of times the doctor can mean Latino. And, and how, what a different take on it when you put that. Because that character is now bringing in a history and uh, a story behind them. And that's what writers look for. Complex stories, complex yeah. histories with characters, you know. And that's that's why I think a lot of it came from the, the, the corporate world where it was a safe way to uh, – there's a garbage truck uh, backing into your, in your apartment. You better get out of there, Jason. I think there's a, oh. there's a garbage truck backing into your, your apartment. Okay, never mind. But I think it's great that you're getting out there and you're producing and you're pitching. And, you know, for those that don't know, pitching just is – for development is like a first date. You know, and they, they're they bringing you along and saying, okay, can, do the story. So I'm, I'm applauding mm-hmm. you. I'm applauding you because we worked together back in the LATV days. We did yeah. some, some great shows together way ahead of their time. I mean, you think about it. Oh, you know. So 
We worked together years ago in a studio. It will remain mentionless, but we did some really good work. I mean, I, I remember the Homies Hip Hop Show, Caesar and Chewy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun shows we did. I, I think that was the infancy almost of, of Latino shows just starting. I mean, I worked on Culture Clash, worked on a lot of things, and eventually, you know, East Los High uh, for Hulu. But yeah. I think our, we have so many stories that have not been explored. And that, that's what gives me hope when I see uh, a young producer like you that really wants to tell our story. And uh, so yeah, uh, kudos. Well, thank you. And, and the audience is out there, especially for Latinos. I mean, years ago, I produced a show at, a, at, an, uh, uh, at Fuse, uh, an MTV-like network called mm-hmm. Latino 101. And that show ended up being the highest rated show in that network's history at the time. And the show, which is no longer airing original episodes in the show, but it's still constantly airing. It's currently on three streaming platforms right now. It's on the Roku channel, it's on Tubi, and it's on Pluto. And the show continues to be much successful, to which to me is a testament that people are still looking for Latino, uh, are looking for Latino content, looking for authentic Latino content. Yeah. And I think, you know, every 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 Latino entering the business in a sense has to, has a in my opinion, has a responsibility to, of course, you know, not only to themselves, but to, but to their community and people. It's not only good, just it's only a good thing, but it's a smart business. Um, you know, I, years ago, I was in a writer's room on a TV, uh, this is 2013. And I was the only Latino, I was the only Latino on the show. Uh, uh, I was the only person of color in general wow. in, in the room. But this is why, Latinos at the same time have trouble breaking in because of uh, of these uh, because of these networks and you know sometimes the doors aren't open. I mean, Latinos get that when you get a pinky toe when you get a pinky toe in that in that door. Try to open it as much as you can and try to network with yourselves because it's not just about the current gig that you have. It's about what are you going to be doing for the next thirty one years? Are you going to be hooking? You know, Juan has to hook up Jose. Jose has to hook up Maria. You, you have to give each other jobs. Yeah. You I- know? I think it's so true. I think it's it's it, you you hire who you know. That's really been the case in Hollywood. I, some people go, well, is there some sort of you know secret white group that says no to minorities and people of color? I said, no, not, and that's really not it. It's not that vicious. It tends just to be. I just I, I don't know how many jobs I've lost where someone goes, oh, I I just should have been thinking of you. I didn't think of you for this job. And you go, no, I'm, mm-hmm. I'd be great for that job. So a lot of times we have to be knocking on doors constantly, keep talking to people, keep saying we're here. A um, little bit of a Horton, here's the who kind of thing. And we let, let people know we're here. And also we have to, you know, look after one another. You know, if there's a chance and there's an opportunity, I've worked with you before, I'll work with you again, vice versa. I know that. And that's what we have to yeah. do to, for us to, to go forward and fix the problem of lack of diversity in Hollywood. So, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, no, great. continued success. I, I would love us to work together again because I did have a great time with you before. And you always told me something once that I always loved that just meant a lot to me is that I've always directed so many people and, and worked with people, but I, I can be tough. And I admit that I can be tough because I see the potential in every one of those people to be great. And you told me that. I, I forget how you said it. It was something like you just wanted me to be better than I thought I could be. And I mean that. And that's that's really the truth. As I, I, I saw your talent then, I see your talent now. And I just hope the best for you. So keep up your great work. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks, Jason. And I'm enjoying the podcast. I'm enjoying the podcast. I'm a longtime listener. It was great to be a first-time caller. So, <laughs> thank <laughs> thank you. First-time caller. Jason Nieves, thanks for coming on Nahara in America. Bye. Thank you, brother. You're welcome. Bye. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast, the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Join us next week for more on Nahara in America.